This is an ABC podcast. Can you be more Pacific? On ABC Radio Australia. Fakalo Falahi Atu and welcome to Can You Be More Pacific? I'm Dean Hallatow and as always I'm joined by the awesome Sarah Nengama. Bola Dean and Bola to all of our listeners. It feels fabulous to be back in the studio for another week. We have got a jam-packed show. We'll chat to Super W Waratahs hooker Adiana Talakai. Our You Can Ask That this week looks at the draw plus we'll talk to Ali Almond about the incredible Fijiana Drua. How's your week been Sarah? Week has been crazy Dean. Honestly I have had a woeful run with myself. Woeful? Why woeful? Because everything that could possibly go wrong has gone wrong. Started last Friday, travelled from Sydney to Canberra by a plane. I think that was the first issue is that I tried to fly from Sydney to Canberra and um, I lost my bum bag. How did you lose your bum bag? Isn't it always attached? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, point taken, but I genuinely don't know where I lost it. I've called the Qantas terminal in Sydney, Qantas terminal in Canberra. The last chemist I went to, um, the food court, lost property in Canberra and Sydney, and I have no idea. So my only, only assumption is my friend that picked me up, he has a car that has, oh, sorry, he has a Jeep that has zippers as his windows. Yeah. And I think maybe someone unzipped it and jumped in and took my bum bag. Someone's knocked it off from the Jeep. But Right. But it gets better than this. I thought that I should take my passport to Canberra in case I needed to get inside of a club because I didn't have... <laughs> A hard copy ID except for – because in New Zealand, they, they don't take um, digital forms. Yeah. So I was like, oh, you know, it's Canberra. It's the capital. Like they're probably going to be really strict. So I thought, oh, the one time I never travel with my passport interstate, took my passport, everything inside it, gone. Oh, no. So someone's walking around with your bum bag. Yeah, walking and your around ID. with all my stuff in it. But getting, it gets better. Getting into clubs. Gets better. So I'm an asthmatic. Of all the things to suck at at life, I can't breathe. And then I – Woke up on Saturday morning at five o'clock in the morning, struggling. So I took myself to the hospital. So on the back of losing my bum bag the night before, took myself to the closest hospital in Canberra to go find a puffer. <laughs> and then it gets better, I'm not Dean. laughing at you, Anne. Well, but this sucks. this is the real cherry on top. I know, I know to all of our listeners, you're thinking, fire out, this girl has been through it. But it gets worse. What's the worst part? This is a first world problem, but a very real problem to me. I woke up early this week. Went to go pull my phone, check Instagram. You wouldn't believe it. They've temporarily disabled my account. Why have they disabled your account? Your account? Usually that happens when something you've done something wrong. I know you're insinuating that something cheeky may have happened. Absolutely not. But I wish I did something cheeky to at least validate what's happening right now because I can't make sense of it. But what has happened is I am... So much more productive. <laughs> I'm so present. Your screen time's down. My screen time's down. I'm present. But I'm sad because I've lost my escape. And if I was on my platform, at least I could tell my 14.5K followers to say a prayer for me. But I can't even do that. <laughs> have, you, um, have you reached out to Instagram? I have. Oh, mate, you already know I'm trying. So not only did I try and, um, I guess, put in, like, lodge a ticket, but no one operates the backroom of Instagram because it's a free app that has over 7 million users. 
which means it's bots operating it from the back end. So that's the first issue. No bots come back to you. No bot has come. No botty has come back to me. <laughs> and then on the flip side of that, I I messaged some. Um, I messaged the Rugby Australia marketing manager, the ASICS marketing manager. ABC marketing, like someone that's involved in the marketing team being like, anyone got a meta consultant link that they can just connect me with? It's taken me years to build that platform. It'll come back. Honestly, if there's anyone that's listening and knows how to reclaim an Instagram that is authentic, please uh, reach out to me, not on Instagram, maybe reach Dean or (laughs) um, find me. And I don't know, you'll find me somehow and just let me know. I, I need to know. But anyway, that's my, that's, that's just a, a list of my first world problems. What's been happening in your world? I've just been on Instagram all week, making the most of it. Sorry? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Look, I, have, I haven't been up to much other than rugby league, as is always the case with me. I actually played golf the other week and I, I don't know if I told you this, but I played golf the other week and I um, come out of the rough and um, which is like... I haven't, I haven't hit the fairways. I haven't hit it down the middle. I've been out in the rough and walking through some like swampland sort of stuff. And then I've gone to my car and I've gone to take my shoes off and my socks and there's a leech like eating my ankle. Oh, yuck. Yeah. And I didn't like, I didn't notice it. So I guess this is what happen, happens with those things. They don't, you don't, you don't realize it's going on. But then I like, I got rid of it, but then my ankle was just like bleeding for like a day nearly from, from that bite. I, I, I've never experienced a leech, but does it? Does it try to get under your flesh? No, it just sits there and feeds, I think. That sounds bad. <laughs> so anyway, apparently there's enzymes in there that stop your blood from clotting, like it stops the coagulation, there's a big word, of, of your blood. So um, yeah, that was uh, that happened last week. It was a, a weird experience. I still got like real itchy ankle from it. Oh, so you're telling me your feet are manging at the minute? No, no, it's my ankle. <laughs> I've got great feet. Don't worry about that. Now, before we get into our top story, uh, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Hannah on Instagram who sent me uh, a message a couple of weeks ago now. It was in my message request. So I just jumped on it the other day. And uh, Hannah is a listener of the show and she just shared that um, she's an avid listener. She enjoys what we, we put out there and um, it's uh, helped her through some, some tough times. So Hannah, thank you for your support and listening. And if you want, throw us a, a question or something we can use on the show because we love uh, hearing from our listeners on Instagram. Oh, that's beautiful. This show definitely exists for the likes of the Hannahs in the world. Over to our top story this week is some feel-good news. ABC have launched a new show called The Pacific. It'll be hosted by Talia Altalia, and it was pretty cool because I came to the launch earlier this week. Yeah, this is great news and uh, a fair bit of excitement building around this. We, we love sharing stories from The Pacific. It's great to see Talia is going to be doing the same uh, on the TV, on the box, which is, which is great. But not only that, we've got... Uh, another show that we have mentioned uh, before. We've had uh, Sammy Wikes on the show a number of times. He's going to be pairing up with Tinero Arona and they're going to be running a show called Nisian Footy on the radio. It can be podcasted as well and it will officially launch this week. So lots of Pacific content uh, for all of our ABC listeners and watchers and viewers. Two new shows in one week. How good? This is awesome. By the way, watchers and viewers are the same thing. I'll take that back. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, what else is happening on the sports field? Well, first off, with volleyball, Vanuatu Beach volleyball duo Sherazen Toko and May Belawak, they won bronze in the FIVB Beach Pro Tour Division one tournament in Coolangatta, Australia. Yeah, well done to Sherazen and May Bell. Uh, Vanuatu's proven they've got a bit of strength in the volleyball um, scene, so this is uh, awesome for them to be able to do that in Australia, and hopefully uh, when they move to the next event in Thailand for the AVC Tour in Samilla, they are, they're able to have some more success there. Rugby 7, Sarah, it's still going. Hong Kong was on the weekend. 
Yes, the Rugby World 7 circuit continues and the Flying Fijians had a fantastic result in Hong Kong. They finished with silver. They were edged by New Zealand and the final score was 24 to 17. Shout out though to Trisava Talodolo. He scored a double in the second half, but unfortunately it wasn't enough. But Ben Gollings will undeniably be very proud of that result. Yeah, heading in the right direction. Uh, well done to the Flying Fijians. What about over on the women's side of the draw? Fijiana had an opportunity to secure a bronze finish, but unfortunately went down at 22 to 19. Super hard for these girls. I feel like they've had a hard trot, but they will have a solid opportunity in France next month to contest for the final automatic ticket to the Olympics in 2024. We wish them all the best. Uh, no doubt they'll be keen to get that spot. Olympics is huge for sevens. Super rugby taking place uh, over here in Australia or close to home. Uh, what's happening with the Super W? Yes, Fijiana Drew have made a statement about their Super, ti- Super W title defence, thumping the Rebels 39-12. to 12. They ran in seven tries and showed their skills, um, I guess, in front of a home crowd before they have to move across the ditch. So unfortunate result, but one I think many pundits were expecting anyways. Yeah, well, Fortress Fiji continues. There's, there's no Fijian team's been beaten the last month over there, I think. So um, well done to Fijiana. You speak about the Fijian Fortress and the wins continue, particularly for the Fijian drawer who defeated the Rebels 38-28. to 28. Now, the biggest headline that came out of this game is that there was a 12-0 to nil lead within the first four minutes. Pretty fast start from the drawer. Yeah, particularly from Revovo and Ravutumando, who were the two try scorers. Yeah, well, 38 to 28, the uh, Rebels obviously came back, but the uh, draw are able to hold on, uh, which is, uh, again, well done to the Fijian teams on home soil. Flipping over to the NRL, it was in round five on the weekend, and there were some really tight matches, uh, including a draw. The first time in three years that we've seen a draw in Golden Point. Manly taking on the Knights out at Mudgee, 32 points to 32, so a very... Close and enjoyable game. Now, one of the highlights from the match was um, Hamole Olakwatu, who's uh, the back rower for the Manly Seagulls. He's one of the best in the competition. Uh, he scored this try. Two short of halfway. In there was Safidi Frizzell and also Hastings. Croker, short ball right to Tom Trebojevic. Heavy tackle by Safidi, but he got the pass away to Cherry Evans on halfway. Turns the ball on the inside to Olakwatu. R2. He's spinning one, two, three. He's over the 30. He's got turbo with him, but he'll need no one. For some inexplicable reason, Lockie Miller did not leave the in-goal area. He stayed back there. It's very hard to make a tackle in there. Just heard from Andrew Moore there, uh, Lockton Miller. He was playing fullback for the Knights, and uh, when Hamali was running towards the try line, uh, Lockie just stood back in the in-goal and watched him. He's almost a referee. Watched him score the try. He could have <laughs> blown the whistle because he didn't come forward. I think he got a little bit confused by the lines out there, maybe because it was in a you know, uh, country, a regional venue. And yeah, he just had no idea. Now, uh, another one that was close on the weekend was the Sharks up against the Warriors, which went towards uh, extra time. and didn't get there quite, but um, the Sharks went off to a huge lead, 20 nil um, up at one point. And then the Warriors came back through the likes of Sean Johnson, who was huge. But um, a, a really big milestone in the game was for Ronaldo Molotalo. He managed to bring up 50 tries. He was in a race with uh, Sione Katoa, his uh, wing partner there at the Sharks. And Ronaldo came up with two tries on the day to get to 50. Um, Sione's on 49, but they're the fastest to 50 tries for the club um, in, in the history, I should say, for Ronaldo. I think it was 68 games he's done it in, so wow. pretty um, pretty impressive. And, and funnily enough, Sione's on the same amount of games, so it was really neck and neck from both of them, but Ronaldo's got the bickies on this occasion. Not enough to beat the Warriors with Sean Johnson kicking a penalty goal. Um, near full time to take the score 32 to 30. Uh, the Sharks threw Nico Hines at an opportunity to kick 
week one to draw, but it wasn't to be. The last match of the round I want to highlight is just because it was such a, a cracking way to finish uh, round five. The Bulldogs, 15 points to 14 over the Cowboys through a um, Matt Burden field goal to finish. It was a great field goal as well. But Hayes Perham, who's playing at fullback for the Bulldogs, he's probably someone that wasn't really spoken about much in the preseason by any clubs. He managed to have a huge game running for 204 metres, uh, seven tackle breaks and two offloads. So he's cemented himself there for the time being. I know they've brought Stephen Crichton, who's coming from the Panthers next season. But um, well done to Hayes and the Bulldogs on getting that victory. Talanoa time on Can You Be More Pacific? This week for Talanoa Time, we are very fortunate to be joined by Adiana Talakai. She is a rugby union player who competes for Sydney University, New South Wales Waratahs, and most notably, the Australian Wallaroos. Addy, welcome to Can You Be More Pacific? Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Well, Addy, I guess it's worth prefacing to all of our listeners that you and I are really close friends because we play all of our rugby together. You're the hooker, I'm a jumper. We just, you know, we have this little thing going on. But since the last time we spoke to you, so much has unraveled in your rugby career. And I guess the best thing that we want to talk about is your debut for the Wallaroos against Fiji last year. Could you take us into, um, I guess, that moment? Oh, yeah, that was actually a pretty scary um, a game for me. Um, the last time we versed uh, either, some of those players was, um, well, I actually didn't get, wasn't able to take up the field. And all the time that I did, I, like, we lost. So it was a bit of a kind of, you know, proving myself kind of moment. Um, I was nervous so much so that I didn't actually, when I got told that I was going to play, I didn't tell my parents that I was going to play because I didn't want to disappoint them if they came up and then we lost and I played like crap and so yeah it was, it was a whole thing it was really I was really nervous during that game how's how did you overcome those days obviously you still got to take the field you still got to play so what did you do within yourself to, to try and overcome that um I think well, one of the things that I spoke to with um one of the um staff members uh before the game was just reassuring myself that of the reason why I was in the gold jersey um that I knew how to play rugby and that was the reason why I was there so I just had to take it back to um just take it back to that really just that I knew how to play rugby I knew that I was I was the starting hooker for Australia and I was picked for a reason and just just to back myself so yeah I love that you um you you note starting hooker because you had you know pretty much a, a solid run within that starting jersey throughout last year for the Wallaroos, we hadn't had a test match in over two years. And then the year we get it back, we have all these test matches plus a World Cup at the end of it. How did you, I guess, find the World Cup? Because that was a huge experience in and of itself. That was a huge experience and I'm pretty grateful for all of that. Um, it was very much uh, a learning curve for me, really, um, that not only physically that I had to be prepared, but mentally as well. Um, going into World Cup, I don't think I was as mentally prepared as I should have been. Um, but yeah, nah, everything, all the learnings and it was, well, I guess, one of the takeaways from that was just meeting some of the international players and talking with them about how they deal with, you know, the off-field side of things, the work-life balance and stuff like that. It's pretty special. Like we've covered a little bit of all the on-field stuff and we'll certainly come back to it. But off-field, you are a proud Australian-born Tongan woman. Could you take us into your home and I guess um, the way that you, you connect with culture away from the field? Um, culture away from the field. Oh, yeah, definitely a um, proud Tongan woman. Um, 
you know, when we come back home, like my mom's always cooking us like food and things like that. Always have to, uh, my dad and my mom was always taking me to um, like just family um, things and and just making sure that, you know, we're connected with family and basically uh, all, yeah, just basically that really. Um, there isn't a, like they used to try and take me to church, but I'm um, kind of straight away from that, but they're trying to get me to come back into that as well. So and what about your family, Adriana? You got a, a fairly sporting family. How how much does rugby union or sport play a part in um, family life? Oh uh, yeah, it plays a lot. Um, I've, I've recently, like my dad, has kind of um, a little bit calmed down on the on the whole rugby thing. But like, yeah, when we were growing up, it was very much like, you know, like, okay, guys, you got to prepare for the weekend. You know, making sure that we're all good and we're all set to go. Dad always takes us to. Um, you know, our games and things like that. Uh, my brothers both play rugby. Um, my my eldest brother, Sam, he plays for um, Melbourne Rebels and my other brother, Chris, is just over in France. So, yeah, it's pretty big, I guess. Addy, how do you, um, I guess, perceive your role? I know you have a beautiful younger sister, Daffy, and does she has she taken in the fact that her sister is an international rugby union player? She's just surrounded by all these rugby union stars. Like how do you, I guess, perceive your role as her big sister, like being a Tongan woman um, and, and dominating in a world sport, which isn't necessarily the narrative um, for Pacifica women? Um, I guess I don't think she's taken it in that I, I'm an international uh, <laughs> rugby player. And to be honest, neither have I a little bit. But, um, yeah, no, I uh, Daphne, she's pretty pretty good with it. Like she knows I play rugby, and um, I guess like with the, you know what I've done and what I've achieved, like I had to go through some battles, and so you know having that experience, I guess like I just want her to have the door. Like I want all the doors open for her, and if with her she wants to come and play sport or like rugby or netball or whatever, like I want to make sure that she's able to go and do that with full confidence. So you know, I just want to make sure. You know, good with that. Jumping back into uh, into your rugby and Super W season is uh, is tracking along nicely for the Tars. How how's it been so far? Um, yeah, it's been pretty good um, lately. Like we're, this week, we've been preparing for Fiji, which is a big game. Um, but yeah, no, nah, season's come along good, and preseason was a killer. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Addy, this week the Waratahs are going up against Fijiana Drua. Now we know the story of what the Waratahs experienced last year against Drua. How, I guess, um, is, is the team preparing for a grand final rematch? Yeah, 100%. I think we're just looking for a bit of redemption after uh, our grand final last year um, and myself as well. Um, definitely the Fiji and Drua team are, like, aren't the same team as they were I would just say personnel, but that you know they they still play that um, free flowing rugby offloading all all across the park, and so that I guess that that's something that we've been trying to prepare for. Do you feel yourselves that you're you're in a good spot compared to where you were last year? Uh, the way that you the style of rugby that you're playing, and um, I guess going up against that that free flowing rugby of Fijiana. Um, yeah, hundred percent. We've been um, we've been practicing really much heats against um, like within trying to mimic the Fijian style in terms of like our attack and defense. And so therefore trying to like get in between, um, in between those offloading channels. And that's probably one of the things that we were thinking, we were thinking about. Uh, and so, yeah. 
Yes, so if you are in Sydney, please make sure you get down to Concord Oval this weekend because that's where this match will take place. For those joining us, we're chatting with Adiana Talakite, New South Wales Waratah and Australian Wallaroo Hooker. Addy, just now moving down to a game day ritual because everyone has something that makes them tick. What makes you get up for, for big fixtures, particularly like one that you're about to face this weekend? Uh, makes me get up for big fixtures. I guess the game day ritual is um, having nothing prepared in on the day for it. I, <laughs> what? That sounds chaotic. Yeah, like nothing, like I don't want to do anything except just rugby. Um, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to wake up like 8am and the game's at 3pm. You know, I want to wake up just in time to put on my put on my my polo put on my shorts pack my bags and then go to the game like do you know what I mean like nothing there is there's no time for me to think about other things except just rugby I like, so I, yeah I like that that's that's good that uh, you got a clean slate just ready to go um, and then switch on once you're there good approach I like it 100% yeah now, Addy, last time we had you on the show, we would have gone through a segment we'd like to play with our guests called Tip On. It's uh, basically 60 seconds of rapid-fire questions. You want to say the first thing that comes – well, we want you to say the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you down to play? I'm down to play. I don't know how well I went last time. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right. The clock is on. Uh, what have you been binging? SBU. What is your coffee order? Flat white. Who is your most annoying teammate? Who is your sporting hero? I don't have one. All good. Do you fold or do you scrunch? Scrunch. What would be your wrestler entrance song? That Stone Cold Steve Austin song. (laughs) Yes, good pick. Uh, What's the most used app on your phone? Instagram. Which teammate has the best fashion sense? Piper Duck. Do you have a hidden talent? Eating. <laughs> what song do you play to make you feel good? Uh... Next question. Conditioning or weights? Weights. Uh, who's your celebrity crush? Me. What was the worst job you ever had? Macca's. Oh. Mate, you cannot be your own celebrity crush. That, is, that defeats the whole thing. I am ripping you to shreds in the change room. Oh, my gosh, Adiana. You are amazing. <laughs> I couldn't think of anyone. Play on. That's all good. Oh, my goodness. And it has been such a joy for us to have you on Can You Be More Pacific? We wish you all the best this weekend against Fijiana and can't wait to see what unfolds in your career. Easy. Thank you guys for having me and I appreciate this opportunity. That was New South Wales Waratah and Wallaroo, Ariana Telekai. You can ask that. Your chance to ask what it's really like to be an elite athlete on Can You Be More Pacific? Well, this is one of our favourite parts of the show because we can just answer so honest and so raw but this week's question comes from Rodney on Instagram not mine came through Dean's because we all know my Instagram is currently shut down now boom 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 but the question is would you rather face the tough teams at the start of the season or at the end of the season Good question, Rodney. This comes up a lot when people talk about favourable draws, like teams have favourable draws. And I, the, 
you end up playing most teams at least once anyway in the NRL at least, and, I'm, and I know it's the same in Super W. So I guess what's the um, the better way to, to, to have it? For me, I don't mind either way, but um, if you're facing tough teams at the end of the year, it kind of gets you set in the frame for finals footy. So you don't want to be playing um, teams that are finishing outside the top eight that are maybe coasting through to their off season. You want to be playing against teams that are peaking and really want to compete hard so that when you get to the first week of finals, you're not bundled out straight away. That's just my approach. Um, I think if you play the the easier teams um, at the start of the season, then you maybe build a bit of momentum. Everyone's a bit sort of choppy at the start of the year. They're trying to get their rhythm um, in terms of what they're doing, skill execution. And yeah, I reckon it's better with the hard ones at the end. What about you, Sarah? My preference would be to probably have them first up in the draw, purely because I think it gives you an opportunity to to see how you're going to go against the better sides, but it also pressures your own plays. So if you know that you can... Yes, it's going to be scrappy, but if you can um, manage to outwork them, outclass them, then I think that the rest of your season should almost fall the way that it should and it should be quite flawless. I mean, no, no performance is flawless, but it should be easier. So for me, I'd rather have them up front because they rough you up, they get you ready, they bring out the mongrel in you, they bring out the competitiveness in you and then as the season goes on, regardless of who you have or where those, those teams are ranked, you're just finessing your plays and finessing your game plan. So I know that some, I mean, for our draw right now, for the Waratahs, we have all of our, I guess, the more competitive teams right in the middle. Um, so for me, I'm like, yeah, I welcome that because I think if anything, we'll have that last round match against the Melbourne Rebels and it will be set up for semifinals. So regardless of the opposition, you have a bloody opportunity to, to I guess, just outclass and finesse your plays. And that's what I want. Like, And I want it at the beginning of the season. Because also, I feel like girls get really complacent that if you're having all these teams, oh, we're going to win. Yeah, whatever, we're going to blow them out of the park. Next minute, loss. <laughs> Why? Complacent. Complacency is so, hard. Exactly. So yeah. if you just get the hard teams at the front and you, you have to do the hard work at the, the front of the season, I think the rest of the season should open up. Yeah, okay. I like that. Finesse. Finesse was a good one. Finesse your, your team play and then be there to go at the end of the year. Yeah. We love I'm, it. I'm sticking with it, but Pardon? I'm sticking with my one, but. Well, you know, that always makes for a good argument when there's two <laughs> opposing views, you know, Dean? On that note, if you have any questions, don't send them to me because I don't have an Instagram, but you can find me on Twitter. I do have a Twitter handle at Sarah Nangama. But if Instagram is your flavor, it is also Dean's and you can find him at Dean Hallitow. Can you be more Pacific on ABC Radio Australia? Oh my God. You're with Sarah and Dean talking all things sport across the Pacific. Stick around, we'll spotlight our favourite socials, tackle the tough headlines in the ruck, but up next, we speak to Ali Ahmed about Fijiana. Joining us this week for Island Life, we have Ali Ahmed, who we know is covering some stories for us from the Pacific. Ali, thanks for joining us today on Can You Be More Pacific? I just want to say I am so excited to talk about the Fijiana Drawer. I have been following this team um, since their amazing uh, inaugural year in the Super W last year. But this, I'm kind of in awe of what's happened this year. What about you guys? Yeah, I certainly am really excited by them. I was, I love the fact that they've been included again. I thought they brought so much energy and a different style of play that created a brand of rugby that people really wanted to watch. And it's so cool to see them back in for season two. And I guess that's my first question for you off the top. Their first two games were hosted in Fiji. 
How was the atmosphere there? And also how important was it for the fans to be able to see their women um, playing on home turf? So, so important. I think it was the first time they had ever played on their home soil in front of their fellow um, countrymen and women and what that must have felt for them. So uh, the first game was against the Brumbies in Nadi, but then the following week they went and played in the capital with, and it was a double header with the boys, with the Fijian drawer um, and that crowd, you can imagine, Sarah, it was electric. It was rebellious. It was loud. It was a, a riot, riotous, <laughs> raucous, <laughs> all the R words. <laughs> um, and for them to kind of experience the same atmosphere as the the men's super team, I think uh, really um, was an incredible experience for them. You mentioned the fact that they the, their opponents, they took on the Brummies and the Rebels and they had wins. They didn't have it all their way against the Brummies, a very tight scoreline. But one thing we know is that they haven't had, um, they've only had a few players from last year return. So they've had to change their squad up quite a bit. But the fact that they can still win matches uh, shows how impressive their setup is. Yeah, like let's take a moment to just look at what's going on here because that game against the Rebels, uh, 39-12, that was their eighth consecutive win. And yes, their first game of the season, probably working a few things out. Um, because what what astonishes me, as you just mentioned, Dean, is that they have come back undefeated, reigning champions, um, with nearly uh, an entirely new team. I think there's just a handful of players from last year. They have a new coach. Um, Bitila Tawaki is still the skipper. But it, yeah, it is really how far can they take this? What they just seem to be raising uh, a higher and higher benchmark of what is possible in the Super W. I found it really interesting that um, the Rebels even had two of the forwards from the Fijiana Drua in their team um, who they gave contracts for this year. So uh, I think it was Vika Mataruga and um, Tijuana Sato, they had left the drawer and went over to play for Melbourne and um, met their some of their old teammates back in Fiji last weekend. But still, the Brumbies, you know, they got it served to them. Uh, sorry, the Rebels got it served to them 39-12. Um, it will be really interesting to see, Sarah, I'm thinking of you particularly, what happens this weekend when... The the Drua meet the Waratahs. First time they've met the Tars since that infamous grand final that you featured in Sarah last year. Yeah, I mean, we're certainly looking forward to the challenge. And I guess there's something to be said. The opening two matches of Super W for Drua has been hosted on home ground. So there's got something that has to be said about home ground advantage. How do you think they'll fare coming to Australia? I guess Australian teams are acutely aware that the squad is not what they once were. So what do we think we can expect of them once they get onto Australian turf? I imagine the transition um, of leaving Fiji and their first game back in Australia, because they're not just coming back for this game. They are relocating to Australia for the rest of the season. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be a, a tough one for them, a tough ask uh, with that adjustment, moving country essentially, and then having to meet the most dominant team 
other than themselves in the competition um, and their fierce rivals, I guess, uh, who will be looking to take back the championship from last year. But Sarah, I have to ask you, like, what was that whole experience like? Being in the Tars, not used to losing, uh, having won every premiership in this competition and then to have these newcomers, these who were essentially an experiment last year when they were welcomed into the team uh, to, to lose to them twice and to lose the championship to them. But then yourself as a Fijian woman, like it must have been bittersweet in a way. Yeah, I mean, it certainly was a bittersweet experience. I, Again, I was genuinely so excited to see Fijiana Drua come into the competition just because of what they brought. And safe to say the Waratahs hadn't been, um, I guess, pushed in the way that Drua did push us. So while it was tough to accept, honestly, the, what it's done to the game, I think, is is most important. And the, the most valuable thing that came out of that final is everyone was just waiting for a team to knock off the Waratahs. And yes, that's my team. And yes, that was a, a final that I featured in. So we, it really, really sucked. But what it has done to our squad um, has has made us hungrier to come back on top. And um, we get our first opportunity to try and right our wrongs and hopefully show them that, uh, I don't know, maybe we are the better side, but only time will tell and the results will show on Saturday. Yeah, I think everyone will be watching this game closely. Um, I think one thing you can say about the Fijiana Drua is there is an advantage to uh, living and playing in a full-time setup, Mm. which the other teams don't have. What are your thoughts on that? There there must be um, a huge advantage living and working with your your teammates um, every day training, living, playing, <laughs> doing everything and uh, and just being afforded that full-time focus on your on, on your team, on your career. I mean, being in a full-time environment um, is, is never a loss for anyone or any team. The, the more time you get to spend together, um, the more time you can, you can work on um, working on that team cohesiveness and working on your game plans. And I've just returned from much to Super Rugby OPG where I had the opportunity to be in a full-time environment. And I tell you what, the results certainly speak for itself. Your understanding, just being in the fold, it's like a full-time job, right? Like when you're in your full-time job, you're fully across your task and what you need to do. And you're in a part-time, you're kind of left wondering. And that pretty much could be applied in a semi-pro environment via a professional environment. So yes, while they have the opportunity, they certainly have an advantage compared to the other teams in the Super W competition. But um, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's um, what do you call it? It's the exception. It's not the rule. Um, the mm-hmm. fact that they get to be in a full-time environment. Ali, we would love to chat more and more because I, I can feel the passion and I feel like you and I would have some fantastic conversations around the competition. But I have to ask you, heading into this weekend, Waratahs v Drua, who are you tipping? Oh, I think it's going to be – I'm going to tip the Drua and I think it's going to be a tight game. It might be – down to one or two points. It might even be a replay of last year's grand final. What about you, Dean? Well, Ellie, I'm not going to be brave enough to tip against my co-host who's sitting only a few feet away from me. I'll slash his tyres downstairs <laughs> in the car park. <laughs> I'm tipping the Tars all the way. So you're, you're braver than I am, Ali, to go up against Sarah and the Tars. Uh, yeah, I'm sticking with them. I think they can – I've looked at some of the stats. They're ahead of Fijiana in a lot of um, areas in, in the game. They've, got a, um, they've had more runs, um, more breaks, more um, offloads. They've scored more points. 
I think um, I think they're well poised to to come away with a a grand final uh, retribution match. Yeah, um, they, we should say they are actually sitting number three on the ladder points wise at the moment under the Reds and the Tars. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. But I just love going for the the underdog and the sort of the passion story um, always. But uh, if the listeners want to check out more about this story, um, just jump onto ABC Sport and um, find my Ali Arman last two stories on the Fijiana drawer. And uh, good luck this weekend, Sarah. Everyone will be watching. Yes, I'm sure they will be. Ali, thank you so much for joining us, and we can't wait to hear more stories from you. All the best, guys. Can you be more Pacific? Keeping it social. Now it's in spite of your lack of social media access on uh, Instagram <laughs> this week, Sarah, you've still done a job and you've found us something. Yes, I did. Before I was locked out, I came across a post on the New Zealand Warriors Instagram. And as we know, they won on the weekend and not many people have uh, given them an, an opportunity, like, I guess, have backed them to do well this season. But there's this reel where there's a train and people are squishing themselves on and there's just a caption that reads, Warriors bandwagon. Yeah, everyone's all aboard the the Warriors at the moment. Oh, I'm the biggest fan. <laughs> it's the uh, the the I don't know what you'd call them the station marshals or whatever. Yes. They're trying to push everyone onto the train, like it's trying funny. to squeeze them on because now everyone's trying to jump onto the the bandwagon like, like me. <laughs> Did you feel a bit? I was watching it thinking I'd be so claustrophobic if I was like wedged in behind those doors. Yeah, but also like I don't mind it. <laughs> body on body. Good pick. That was very funny from the Warriors. Yes. What about you? What do you find? Well, I'm still in league and I'm going on to the Bulldogs uh, Instagram page. They also had a, a pretty good win against the Cowboys that we mentioned earlier and it's their victory song. So they've sort of put together a new victory song. We spoke about this a few weeks ago on the show around, um, there's a guy up in, in England. I can't remember his name. Anyway, it escapes me, but he was talking about he thinks they're juvenile and childish like victory songs, and um, I disagreed heavily with him. This one is a new one from the Bulldogs where they've mashed together some of their old, some of their new, including uh, as well um, a bit of Samoan and a bit of Indigenous at the end of it as well. So, Mili Mili Patia, like they, yes. they've got that going on at the at the end with Raymond Faitala Mariner and also Josh Adokar leading uh, with an Indigenous war cry. My goodness, that is a remix. They've remixed it pretty heavy. I like it though. There's some old school. There's some new school. There's some classics. I love it. Yeah, it's it's a good uh, it's a good song. If if the listeners want to have a look at the full version, jump on the Bulldogs uh, Instagram page. And uh, yeah, I'm applauding the creativity from the Bulldogs. Job well done, Bulldogs. In the rut, tackling the tough headlines in sport. On can you be more Pacific? Sarah, we've got a positive story to start uh, in the ruck today. Uh, it comes from rugby and it's Filoi Enelico. She's uh, someone and she's taken the position as the assistant coach for the Brumbies Super Rugby Women's Team, which is uh, pretty awesome. 
Yeah, it's it's amazing. We're constantly talking about um, women taking up roles or in, in in administration, and for her to be taking up a role with a formidable side like the Brumbies is a huge opportunity. I was speaking to a teammate of mine um, about her involvement, and she thinks it's just so cool to see a Samoan woman um, in the fold. She is um, more there as. Um, like as a shadow coach, um, taking a lot of notes, um, contributing from time to time. But I love this because she's shown her capability on the international stage and it's great to see her take a position within the premier competition here in Australia. Yeah, and, and I've, I've seen that her approach is to, to bring her own style. Uh, I've, I've seen her quoted to, to want to take in what she's obviously, as you said, taking notes and, and learning from the coaches that are in the system already, but also uh, bringing her own strength, which is the style of rugby that she's coached uh, back in Samoa. So um, really cool story and well done to Floyd. Yes, it's huge. Now over to the Wallabies. Eddie Jones has named his first training squad. This has everybody talking, but the best thing that has come out of this is that five Fijians amongst many other Pacifica players, have actually been named um, in his squad. Yeah, this is this is awesome for those those five players, um, but also uh, the fact that we've got to see or get, get a glimpse of what um, Eddie Jones is aiming towards, I guess, his style of, uh, of rugby player that, he's, that he wants to target. But um, five Fijians, pretty good representation, and I'm sure that there's plenty back home in Fiji that are wrapped to see that. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of uh, conversation surrounding Suliasi Vunavalu's um, inclusion. This week, he's actually been axed from the Reds 23, but he's been named in Eddie Jones's squad. So it has a lot of people talking that he may not be good enough at the moment for Super Rugby, but Eddie Jones has his eyes on him. But just want to make a quick mention of the other players that are in this squad in the likes of Alan Alatoa, Ponet from Lusili, Lalakai Fuketi, um, Langley Gleeson. Like these are just some of the names in it. And he just speaks again volumes of the Pacific inclusion in national sides. And we've heard uh, about this with, with Eddie Jones and, and having to work with a different um, different group of players than he's used to before. So he's had to no doubt adapt his coaching style or, or learn some things that he probably didn't know before. Uh, and hopefully for them, it means that they're a more cohesive team and they, they play well together. Yes, but enough from rugby over to NRL. NRLW signings have been hot and heavy throughout this past week. Yeah, well, we, we spoke about on the show the uh, fact that the NRLW contract window opened um, as of last Wednesday or Wednesday week ago. Um, that meant that Players were able to go sign with their. We spoke to Kennedy Charian about this. Players were able to go sign their contracts and align with a club. Many with a new club. One probably that stands out is Gal Broughton, who um, G Fizzle, as she's affectionately known as from the Parramatta Eels, has now gone to the Broncos. So that's a huge coup for the Broncos to pick up a player like Gal. They've had success early in the NRLW. The, the Broncos last year wasn't um, a good year for them. This will certainly help steer them back in that direction. They also signed Destiny Brill, who's a gun, and Mele Hufunga, who. Um, um, had lots of joy at the World Cup last year. Um, Raiders have signed Samoa Telfa, another big scout for the Raiders. Samoa Telfa is like probably the hardest working forward in the NRLW competition. Um, she's as tough as now, so she's going to bolster their pack hugely. Yeah, she's an incredible player. And to be honest, if she was running at me, I think I'm just chopping her. I'm not even going to try and win the contest up top. My, my, I wouldn't that run, looks like that, that just looks like rocks on her shoulders. I wouldn't run at her. Like, no. She cuts people in half and yeah, she... <laughs> Yeah, she does some damage, so I wouldn't be doing that. Uh, Zahara Tamara has also gone to the Raiders, as has Monalisa Soliola. Um, Soliola is a very popular name down mm-hmm. in the nation's capital. And Kennedy Charrington, as we've spoken about with the Eels, she's actually signed long-term until the end of 2025. So that's um, a really big thing for the NRLW to have someone signing a long-term contract. I think it's is it the first one, I'm, I'm assuming, that's for that length of time. Yeah, I would definitely say this isn't something that we hear all the time. You you normally hear about girls signing year 
year on in yeah. Does that make sense? They, yeah, they yeah, score yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just for that year, but the fact that there's um a long term agreement in place also shows the club um placing a lot of trust and promise in Kennedy, which is awesome, and she's equally passionate about the club. So I think it's a really good decision from her. Go King Kenny. King Kenny. Can you be more Pacific? On ABC Radio Australia. Dean, so much sport has happened, but the best thing is there's still more to come fixtures that we're looking forward to this weekend. Yeah, we'll start with Rugby Sevens, and this is pretty cool. The 2023 World Deaf Rugby Sevens World Cup is taking place in Cordoba in Argentina. This uh, this started uh, yesterday, uh, which is which is huge. Fiji has been pulled with Wales, Japan, and the Barbarians. So um, great to have um, Deaf Rugby on the international stage. Yeah, it's really, really exciting. And continuing with that, the world circuit now hits Singapore. Fiji and Samoa are in the same pool. Fiji obviously finished with a silver um, in Hong Kong, but it'll be equally important for them to back it up and hopefully gain some consistency on this next trot. I'm looking forward to coming in next week and we're talking about Fiji winning um, their first one for the series this year. That'd be sick, but I love that Samoa's here because Samoa have been hot contenders, particularly throughout this last season. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. Go Fiji. Super W moves into round three. We've spoken about this at length already today on the show, but the, the match has to be Drua versus the Tars. Yes, it's a grand final rematch um, that we are all certainly looking forward to. This is really cool because it's um, the first time that Drua will come into Australia. It'll be played at Concord. Entry is free, so if you are around, get the family around it. It's going to be a spectacle. And I reckon... I reckon the Tars are going to do it. I'm back in the Tars too, Sarah. Good well, tip from you. That's actually the right answer, Dean. So yes. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I live on. Over to Rugby League, Ron Massey Cup, round four. Yes, the Silk Tails are taking on Mount Pritchard or Mounties at um, a home game, a home game sorry, for, for Mounties. So the Silk Tails looking to bounce back after they lost last week to the Glebe Dirty Reds. Love that name, the Glebe Dirty Reds. Um, but the Silk Tails have been going along okay. Your brother's back in the country. Is uh, he? He doesn't answer my phone calls. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is he? So you haven't, you haven't been able to get like a first-hand report on what's going on with them? No, I haven't. Disappointing. Wesley, if you're listening to this, return my calls. He, I think he tried to reach out to you on Instagram. He maybe DM'd you or... Uh, see, Dean, this is, this is not nice. <laughs> now you're just rubbing salt in my Instagram wound and I don't like it. Instagram wound. Q Cup round five and the Hunters taking on the Northern Pride. This is in Cairns. Um, they've come off the bye, the Hunters. They've had a, a not a bad start to the season, the Hunters. They've had a, a win, a draw, a loss, a bye. So they've had... The mix. The mix, the rainbow. They've mix had nuts. everything. Yes. They want to get a, their second win for the season up there against the Northern Pride. It's a pretty tough place to go up in Cairns. Um, so good luck to the Hunters. NRL round six. There's a couple of big Easter clashes that I'm looking forward to. The Bulldogs take on the Rabbitohs on Friday out at Homebush. This is always a huge clash. Plenty of um, spite between both teams on Good Friday. And I'm looking forward to seeing the Bulldogs go back to back after their win against the Cowboys last week. Uh, the Panthers taking on Manly. This is um, two teams that are traveling along nicely. Well, the Panthers, very different start to the year. What they've experienced the last few years, they're still a heavyweight. And the Seagulls are um, one of the heavyweights in the competition at the moment. So looking forward to that one on Saturday. And now I've got to mention this one. I know the Tigers have had a dreadful start to the year. There's all sorts of dramas going on around the Tigers. But Easter Monday against the Eels, again at Homebush, is always huge. What's going to happen off the back of this game is that the Tigers, are, well, they're going to be either 0-6 or 
or one and five, which will draw them level with the Eels, who are last year's um, obviously grand finalists. The Eels will be one and five if they lose to the Tigers. So the Tigers could pull themselves up to be equal with last year's grand finalists. That is a headline. That's why, that's why I, I highlight that game. Come on, the Tigers. <laughs> Don't forget, you can catch all of these games with Andrew Moore and the Grandstand Rugby League team on Radio Australia. Can you be more Pacific on ABC Radio Australia and ABC Sport Digital Radio? That brings <laughs> us to the end of the show, but we'll be back same time, same place next week. Yes, we'd also like to wish you and your families a happy Easter. Enjoy the long weekend and can't wait to be back next week. And don't forget, you can find all of our episodes on the Radio Australia website or wherever you listen to your podcasts. What there? What's all here? Can you be more Pacific? An ABC Sport production for ABC Radio Australia. This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.